Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like they used to say the mark of a genius was to tell a story backwards once upon a time. Hi, America. Hello, world. (laughs) My name is Adrian Lee and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I'm huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? Let me start by introducing our guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and ethervescent Heather Morris... She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather never spoke to her dad when she was growing up. He was a bus driver and she wasn't allowed to. Welcome to the show, Heather. (laughs) Hello. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim has always been upset that she never got a chance to say goodbye to her granddad, which is ironic considering he drowned in a bowl of Cheerios. Welcome to the show, Kim. (laughs) Hello. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg realised this week that Charlie Chaplin's first silent movie was a greater success than his first silent radio broadcast. Welcome to the show, Greg. (laughs) Back in the 1950s, there was 
a radio show broadcast in Britain that had a ventriloquist's dummy on there. And a guy used to do a ventriloquist act with a dummy on the radio. <laughs> and he was called Archie Andrews. You can go and look this stuff up. The problem lay in the fact that when television finally broke through and was more successful than radio, he wasn't very good. And you could actually see his lips moving. But it didn't matter when he was on the radio. And that is the God's honest truth. This is Series 2, Episode 38. 38, of course, is a fabulous, fabulous number. 38 is the number of years it took the Israelites to travel from Kadesh Barnea to the Zered Valley in Deuteronomy. Sounds like they use Delta Airlines to me. Can you imagine after the first three years, someone's going to say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can you imagine that? 38 years to get to where you want to go. It makes a trip to Walmart look like peanuts, doesn't it? Is it where does. We are. Except on Black Friday. Yes, not a good idea, I would suggest. Mm-hmm. This, of course, is our post-Thanksgiving special. So we're all sat there, stuffed to the ginnels, full of turkey and mashed potatoes and a plate of brown food. What I've discovered about Thanksgiving is it's literally just a plate of as many different types of brown and beige food as you can imagine on one particular table. And a food coma. <laughs> a coma. You've got your turkey, your stuffing, your potatoes, your mash, your yams. It's just different shades of brown. It's just brown and beige. I long. I long for colour. Any colour. Green jello thingy. Cranberries. The glimpse of a cranberry. The glimpse of a Brussels sprout. The hint. The merest hint of a carrot. Bill C-38 legalised same-sex marriage in Canada. And I don't see why gay couples in Canada shouldn't get away with having arguments, misery, emotional blackmail and friction over where your mother-in-law should be sitting over the Thanksgiving table. So they're welcome to all those things as well. I'm all for equality. 38 class is the most famous class of steam locomotive used in New South Wales. Yes, there are difficult times in terms of numbers and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to research them. But 38 is the most common class of locomotive apparently in New South Wales. You cannot say that you don't leave this show with less than you arrive with. You hear what I'm saying? You leave with more knowledge. You now have a knowledge of steam locomotives in New South Wales. What about them? Informative. Yes, you're on minus one. (laughs) We are on Twitter. If people wish to follow us on Twitter, let me just eulogise a little bit. I very rarely eulogise in public, so bear with me. Twitter account. We have a Twitter account called Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. Actually got my name right this week. Wow. Points there already for getting my name right. I'll have two. Wow. Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips just to show that it wasn't a fluke first time round. If you wish to join us on Twitter, we have many fabulous things on there. We have 74,000 followers on Twitter, so you're more than welcome to join us on there. We post many, many stories and many, many articles about the world of the strange, the bizarre and the paranormal on Facebook. So if you wish to go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook, we have roughly 5,000 followers on there. And you can listen to all the stories, listen and watch all the videos, of course. And there are a lot of chat groups on there as well, discussing all the things to do with UFOs and ghosts. We have a YouTube channel. This is modern technology, isn't it? Modern society. I wouldn't have read these things out 20 years ago, of course. YouTube. If you go to YouTube, we have some outtakes. They're very funny. If you're feeling a bit down in the dumps and a bit depressed, there's a couple of clips on there. Again, more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. You'll find those very, very funny. And before we move into the show, if you're interested in buying some gifts for Christmas, Christmas stocking stuff, as I will call them, my book, Mysterious 
Minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 haunted sites is available in Barnes and Noble and Amazon if people wish to purchase that for Christmas. Now, last week's show can't go by without mentioning it. I had the scoring taken away from me. A gentleman called Kevin, a fan of the show, thought it'd be a good idea Yay, Kevin. if we embraced some democracy and instead of having you know, an autonomous dictatorship that I actually gave the scoring to Heather. I did actually finish, I believe, on minus 36, which was quite remarkable. Uh, I don't think it was that. I think I was fair. You think you was fair, mm-hmm. were you? So who won? Me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we can see how fair is played out, can't we, in reality? But this has made national news. Our scoring system has been all over Facebook now. 28 people Great. have commented. A whole 28 people For real? from all over the world have really? commentated and commented on our scoring system from last week. Who knew? They're not interested in the stories. They're not interested in the content. They were just interested in our scoring system, apparently. And how did that work out? Rest assured, ladies and gentlemen, I will be taking the scores again tonight, which is why Heather is already on minus one. (sighs) Paybacks are double, minus two. (laughs) I didn't even do anything that time. I know, right? Outrageous. I do want to read very quickly before we jump in to the show that is more questions and answers one or two letters and email comments i love reading all your comments about the show any remarks you make i will read out chris in edinburgh and before we go any further we had 256 different countries listening to our archives so that's remarkable i want to thank everyone all over the world for joining the team and joining our show but chris in edinburgh said very short and sweet he said great show great show So to the point, very Scottish, Judith in Wisconsin posted, if I was a ghost, I'd go to people's houses that have OCD and tilt all the pictures on their walls. So that just gives you an idea of how Judith's mind works. I would like to find a ghost to haunt my house that does my laundry and my ironing. So if anyone knows of a spirit that has OCD and wishes to do my laundry, do pass them on to me. Chrissy Missouri said, Greg should have won last week having analysed the show. He says it's the quiet ones that are always the perverts. So I'm not quite sure what he knows about Greg. <laughs> so what he, whatever Chris knows about Greg, if he passes it on to me, we can actually blackmail him. But uh, I don't know what he's got on Greg, but I'm interested to find out. Scott in California said he loves the show. So glad I found it. Thank you. He's written. Alison has written Squirrel. I have no idea why. Very strange. Squirrel barely gets mentioned on this show. (laughs) Griff in Salem in Oregon said he has heard all of the shows multiple times. If he's got his headphones on, his ears must be like a couple of pork chops under a grill. He said he's listened to the show multiple times. They're always hilarious. We've got a lot to live up to here, guys, and we're putting the pressure on ourselves. He goes, I've pushed many a friend onto this show, and they all end up loving it as well, and they're craving more so if you do like the show you can always write to dark matter digital network and tell them how much you enjoy the show and you crave the show now we are post thanksgiving i want to uh, embrace the idea that i'm going to do a round here called what i know about my own holiday because in britain we don't have thanksgiving i actually got asked once if we had thanksgiving in britain and my response here was you know we're a bit thin on Native Americans. There's not too many Native Americans knocking around Britain. You know what I'm saying? I know they have Thanksgiving in Canada, but I believe you are the only two countries in the world. I'm happy to stand corrected in these orthopedic shoes. So 
I'm going to do a round called What I Know About My Own Holiday, because this means nothing to me. Oh, boy. So you're going to be given a list of questions. We're going to start the show on some points, just to get the ball rolling. Greg's looking over my shoulder, trying to cheat. How many turkeys? I'm going to ask you for a number now, and I know this is difficult for you, because when I normally ask these questions, you suddenly become number dyslexic. How many turkeys are consumed over Thanksgiving? And it's in millions, so I'd like a number. Heather, closest gets points. There we go. Easy, easy enough. 42. Well, that's not a bad guess. Kim? 53. 53. Greg, what are we looking at here? 69. (laughs) (laughs) You're giving Chris more material is what you're doing there. There'll be complaints, I tell you. It is. Heather's actually won back some points. She's now back on minus one. 46 million turkeys consumed yesterday on Thanksgiving. That's one-fifth of America's annual consumption of turkeys, taking into account Easter and uh, Christmas, of course. I want to know the average long-distance Thanksgiving trip is how many miles? How many miles is the average long-distance Thanksgiving holiday trip where you would jump in the car and go and see your nearest and dearest? And I'm looking for a number. So 860. Eight, 860 miles you'd mm-hmm. go and drive mm-hmm. to visit your nearest and dearest. Mm-hmm. Okay. That will take you to the edge of the... Uh, State. Kansas. <laughs> I'll take you to the end. You've done this, haven't you? You reckon that's going to take you to Kansas, do you? We could go on a road trip to Britain. We just get very wet, is where we are. Kim, what are you going to guess here? 80. We know what Greg's going to say. Greg. 250. Oh, he's actually he's actually very close. It's 214. Oh. 214. 275. Greg's got a point there. I shouldn't miss that out. 275 is for Christmas. So Christmas is 61 miles more important than Thanksgiving, apparently. Who knew? What year was Thanksgiving first given holiday status? What year? Was it given holiday status? If you're looking for a clue, it was Abraham Lincoln who proclaimed that as a holiday. If that he- It doesn't help at all, does it? I do apologise. That apologize. doesn't help at all. I'm showing you up on purpose because this is a round of how much do I know about my holiday. Do you remember when we first started the show three or four years ago and I asked you questions about your names and the colours of your flag and no one knew anything? This is where we are. So what year was it a holiday? What was the first time it was designated? Everyone's looking at Greg the Historian. 1865. Oh, I'm going to give Greg that. That's 1863. He's doing very well. Nice. I think Abraham Lincoln may have been dead at that point, but uh, you're only a couple of years out there. Very quick question. Do male or female turkeys gobble? What are we looking at? Male or female? Quick. Male. Both. Both. Kim's going for both. Male. Yep, it's male. Male turkeys are the only ones that gobble. Apparently female ones cluck if there's a difference. The pilgrims didn't use forks. They ate with spoons, knives, and they used their fingers. Sporks. Yep, so just like the old country <laughs> buffet nowadays, but without the knives. Turkeys have poor night vision, which is why you never see them driving at night, or indeed flying aeroplanes. They'd never get a license to fly an aeroplane. What percentage of Americans put the stuffing inside of the turkey? Not very many anymore. You don't reckon? No. How many? 12%. 12 percent. 12%. 23. I was going to say 10%. 10%. Heather's closest. It's 50. 50% of Americans put the stuffing inside of the turkey, which is remarkable. Because is that a turducken? It's got nothing to do with that, which is like placing lots of small animals inside one another, isn't it? Yes. This is just how much meat you can get on your plate. And it's like a vegetarian's nightmare, isn't it? Yes. Stuffing's called stuffing because you're stuffing it inside the turkey. So 
if 50% aren't doing it, could it then be called stuffing? Is it still called stuffing if you're not stuffing with it? Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. The, the box has stuffed up stuffing sauce. That's true. Okay. So there's debate to be had over that. Did you know cranberries were originally called crane berries because the shape of the flowers and the shape of the plant reminded the early pilgrims of cranes? No. The bird, that is. I did not know that. Not the device you find on building sites, lifting lumber and the like. But yes, crane berries they were called. Native Americans never ate them. They used them for dyeing things and for uh, placing on arrow wounds, apparently. Black Friday is called Black Friday because that's what your dad does in the bathroom the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> Little known fact here, ladies and gentlemen. We will sprint into the first round. That is... Ghosts and hauntings with points to be won all round. I have a story that says, does this ghostly video showing eerie white figure in deserted car park prove that spirits exist? This spooky video showing an eerie white figure floating across a deserted car park proves ghosts exist, according to the person who took it. The ghoulish clip was taken in Perth, Australia, and uploaded to Facebook with the title incredible 100% evidence of a real ghost it seems to have been taken from a camera mounted on a forklift truck a car and a van can be seen in the middle of the quiet car park suddenly from the right of the screen an ethereal white shape begins to flit into shot this thin spectral shape moves around the car park with inhuman speed it darts back and forth in front of the camera before disappearing out of sight and you can see this video for yourself in perth Australia. If you visit our Facebook site, more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, and I've started the show with a resounding four <laughs> points. <laughs> Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Seeing you let me down I on the stuffing questions. Special. You do. Yeah, there was a Chinese woman presumed dead for ten years. Ten years. Yeah, but she's been found. She was presumed dead for ten she years was dead. for tax purposes. No. Now she's been found alive. Do you now think the tax found. man will go after her and say, I want 10 years worth mm, of back taxes? I don't know. That's what would happen in Britain. They'd be digging you up to get back taxes is where we are. Mm. Mm. I know. Mysterious <laughs> or mysterious. A woman who was presumed dead after she went missing 10 years ago has been found. Allegedly spending the last decade living and playing games in internet cafes. Oh, wow. Hard <laughs> life for some. Where did she get her money from? I don't know. The woman known as Zhao Yun and now age 24, so she left when she was 14, left her home in the eastern Chinese province of Ziyang 10 years ago after a quarrel with her parents. It always happens in Ziyang. It's a huge country, China. It's always in Ziyang. I know, right? Presumed dead by her family, she was finally found by police officers on November 20th after a routine check on an internet cafe in the wee hours of the morning. The wee hours? What's this, from a Scottish newspaper? Yeah, the wee hours. I had a Scottish friend once that said they had a wee stain on their jacket, and I just thought, wow, how did you manage to get it up there? This is the true story. (laughs) Zhao Yun, who was carrying a fake identity card, was taken to a local police station for questioning where she revealed that she had been living in the internet cafes for the past decade. How did they catch up with her? Was that like Chinese whispers? I'm on four tonight. I tell you what, I love this show. I'm on five. I'm on fire. On a a fan of the multiplayer first-person shooter game Crossfire, she spent her days playing the game and slept mostly in the cafes and bathhouses. What's a bathhouse? 
I would imagine it's somewhere you go to get a bath. It's like a, you they know. They actually bathing. have houses for that? Yeah, they have them in Britain. The Romans invented them, of course. The Romans would go to a bath You just go in to take a bath and go? Yeah, they have some amazing ones in places like Hungary and Turkey. You go there and there's like a sauna and it's all tiled and they'll It's like a car you. wash? Yes, you go through and you get scrubbed <laughs> and then, then they wax you. You have to pay extra for that, apparently. <laughs> Uh, she relied mostly on handouts from Hang fellow Hang on a cafes. second. Hang on a second. Yes. Many, many years ago, I believe... You had a car wash. There was a time <laughs> when you had a job delivering soap and the like to car washes. What are you talking correct? about? Tell Bubbles. Ah, oh, yes. Her nickname was Bubbles when she had that job. Yes. Who? No, her nickname, her nickname was t- Bubbles before she got that job. <laughs> 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 Controversial. <laughs> oh, look, I'm getting that. Call me bubbles. Everybody does. There you go. Champagne around, darling. <laughs> she relied mostly on handouts from fellow cafe patrons and occasionally worked for a cashier at some cafes to earn additional income. And yes, I handouts. did. Handouts. Yes. Yeah, handouts. You know yes, I did yes. work for a car wash soap factory place. And yes, I was called Bubbles, so whatever. It was called Bubbles. Whatever. Because I was so bubbly. Uh, she told police that she had been brought up by her grandparents. Better than being called Soapy. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> the police find her 1,000 yen. And That's after- a yen. Yes, it's pronounced, yes, it's written yen, but it's a yen. Isn't yen spelt Y-E-N? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is Y. U-A-N. And Heather's on minus two. (laughs) And after initial resistance from her, contacted her parents so they could be reunited with their long-lost daughter. The thing that I'm really struggling with in this story, and you'll have to uh, outline this for me in greater detail, is how's this ghost and hauntings? Because she was dead and now she's alive. (laughs) Okay, yeah, I see. All right. The word tenuous springs to mind, doesn't it? Have you heard of that? Tenuous? It has dead in the title. Do you know what patronizing means? Have you heard of patronizing? Was he a general or something? Yes, general patronizing. Yes, he helped win the Second World War. See what I've got to work with. History was something that happened to other people, wasn't it? Her mother told the Kui Yang evening news that she had not changed her phone number since Zhao Yun left home in hope that she would contact her someday. I have a stubborn personality and a short temper, so I used to scold her, but it's been 10 years and now she's an adult. I will never scold her again. There you go. Everyone loves (laughs) a happy ending. Oh, oh, I get it. I shall give you... You're making your own jokes up on here. I know. I shall give you a hefty one point, and you're now on minus one. I have a story that says this house, haunted by a shape-shifting nymph linked to King Arthur, could be yours for $900,000. Fancy living with the ghost of a shape-shifting nymph? I'm game. Here's the house boasting the remains of a 12th century castle in the garden, and it's haunted by a shape-shifting nymph with links to Merlin and King Arthur. The home in Bala, North Wales. See, you get all the carrot, don't you? Shape-shifting nymphs. You know, you're thinking ethereal, very limited clothing, beautiful lady, nubile, and then they tell you you're going to have to live in Wales. You see where we're going with this. They give you all the carrot, and then the stick comes along has the groundwork of a Norman castle in the back garden. And legend has it that the home of Bloodwed, a shape-shifting nymph who stalks the night as an owl. 
the ancient castle dating back to 1202. That's not two minutes past midnight for those living in Wisconsin. It's steeped in in medieval history and is the setting for a tragic tale, thought to be the earliest prose of literature in Britain. The iconic book is based on ancient and legendary Welsh folklore and it's even thought to be the earliest known writing of Merlin and King Arthur. Owner Louise Davis, originally from Chester, said, We knew there was a castle in the grounds when we bought the property. We love the legend, and we've even got 300 small owls hidden around the property to remember the tale. Some mental illness there, I would suggest. <laughs> the castle dates back to 1202 as a listed Motton Bailey castle site, built to guard the crossing of the River Dee. The fact that the castle remains are listed means we're only allowed, or we're not allowed to dig in the mound in any way shape or form but it's been a privilege to be the owners of these historic remains but it's time to move on the castle has a tragic tale of love deception and murder concluding with the main female protagonist bludawed being turned into an owl and only being able to come out at night being an owl does have benefits though it does have a benefit you've got 360 degree vision so if you're doing any kind of reversing in the car it actually eliminates the blind spot Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? A ghost doctor spotted stalking the corridors of an abandoned hospital. There are always abandoned hospitals or mental asylums or children's orphanages, aren't there? Have you noticed mm-hmm. this? Is this the figure of a ghost stalking the corridors of an abandoned hospital? Taken in the 1990s, the picture of a deserted sanatorium is enough to send a shiver down your spine. After the pictures of the pool hospital were published, readers claimed they could see a man dressed all in white, which this time it's a man at least it's dressed a man in, in white. white. It's the white man. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a doctor at the end of the hallway. Dr. White Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> Posting on Facebook, Joe Griffith said, just looked through the photos and on picture 20, it looks like a man dressed all in white at the end of the corridor. And others soon agreed with Joe, replying, spooky, while Brad Allen said, I'm convinced. Once a proud medical institution, the Nunthorpe Sanatorium originally opened its doors in 1932 and then shut them in 1989. It then became a haven for teens looking for their own real-life Blair Witch experience in the 90s. And many people have spooky stories to tell from their time exploring the abandoned site. Uh, Once it was abandoned, then the police used it for dog training. And they said no dog would go into the chapel, would not go past the door, and the police handler could not believe it. Wow. Uh, Keith Shorten said, I'd done security up there on permanent nights when it closed down. Yep, I'm quoting. And it closed down, and believe me, I did not look forward to my shifts. That's very odd. I actually went, when I was a child, there was a very, very creepy Victorian Gothic building across the park from where I lived in East London called St. Leonard's Hamlet and it was an orphanage and all the children from East London would stay in this orphanage and it was deserted it obviously shut down in the 1980s and me and my friends and we must have only been about 12 or 13 kind of climbed over the fence and it was the creepiest experience this was long before I was into doing paranormal investigations but obviously had a keen interest in ghosts and the paranormal but there was things like you know there was an abandoned swimming pool that had just like a foot of muddy water in the bottom of it and it was all tiled and there was children's dolls left around and the swings were still kind of swinging in the breeze and there was mattresses and old beds lying everywhere it was just very very creepy almost like there'd been a nuclear war 
and there was just stuff left behind. Like no one had a chance to pack. Do you see what I mean? There were still clothes lying around and children's toys. It was very, very, very creepy. I just thought I'd share that with you. Now been turned now been turned into homes. This very posh area, and they've converted these old Victorian buildings into the homes. But it's uh, it was a fabulous experience, I guess, a once in a lifetime because obviously that's not there anymore. I have a story that says Mum claims she can speak to missing pets using telepathy and convinces them to return home. If anyone's got a guinea pig that's missing, this is the woman to see. Shell Orham of Rugby, Warwickshire. All very British tonight, isn't it, apart from your China story there. <laughs> Shell Orham of Rugby, Warwickshire, said she can tell... Rugby was invented in rugby, by the way. I just thought I'd share that with you. Said she can tell if animals are alive or not through visions she receives. And the 43-year-old reckons she is so in tune with animals that she can give an entire reading from just a single photograph. So if you've got a photograph of your goldfish or a guinea pig, she's your man. She begins each reading, which she does via email, by asking what questions owners want to pass on to their pets before leaving her mind open for the animals to show her clues as to their whereabouts, which can come in the form of images, names and even songs. How can your missing cat provide you information with where they're lost by giving you a song? I mean, you sat there and suddenly your cat's going, there was only 24 hours from Tulsa. Oh, it's in Tulsa. Do you see where we're going? No. New York, New York. You know, your no. animal must have an understanding of popular music from the 1950s and 60s to be able to communicate where it's hiding. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, okay. What if it's behind the railway sidings? What happens then? Name me a song that's got railway sidings in it. You've got an hour. Shell said, animals often show me images overnight, so I keep a pen and paper by my bed. I only express what I have been given. Sometimes the owner makes sense of the images themselves. Once I was shown Winston Churchill. Looking pensive? Looking pensive. (laughs) That's, That's not a good story to repeat live on air. All I'm saying is that Greg's look like the last turkey in the butchers at Thanksgiving. <laughs> I only expressed what I've been given, she said, and on one occasion it showed me Winston Churchill. I have no idea why, but it was clear to the owner that the cat was with her late partner, who had the same nickname. Her partner was called Winston Churchill. What a strange pet name. Snooky Cubes, Honey Rabbit, Winston Churchill. Was he sat there grumpy smoking a cigar? On occasion, Shell has even convinced missing animals to return home. Shell is a Reiki practitioner who treats humans, but has also discovered that she can use her skills with animals. She is paid for Reiki and she teaches it too, which is also paid for. But with the reading, she says it varies in price depending on how long it takes to track down the pet. Obviously, with a tortoise, it can't get away, can it? You see what I'm saying? That's not true. Really? Yeah, because I just skipped over a story that I didn't bring about <laughs> about a 200-pound tortoise that a couple lost. Well, he like I brought a train ticket. Can you imagine being on an aeroplane? How and being do you lose to a, a tortoise, tortoise that's 200 pounds? That's all I want. I have lost a tortoise before, but it wasn't 200 pounds. You said they're wily. When the sun gets on their back... Because that's what they require. They need the sun to They're be able like to They're like solar powered? They are. It's a solar powered tortoise. It's got it all on its shell. It's off. I saw it climb. My pet tortoise climbed chain link fencing and was found five gardens away eating a woman's rhubarb. It would put its feet. It would put its feet through the fence. You could look out the window and think, my God, there's a meat pie making its way halfway up the fence. 
I can't imagine a 200-pounder could do that. No, that would be ridiculous. But how did it make a fast getaway? That's well, they also, all I want to know. They burrow as well, of course. They dig. They're notorious for digging. It's ridiculous. I, it's well, it's blending in with the hill. <laughs> it's blending in with the hill. It's blending in with that meat pie stall at the Renfest. <laughs> Who knew? But apparently, she told of one encounter with a cat in Carlisle, Cumbria, who'd become lost and confused after being hit by a bicycle and got taken in by an elderly lady and her granddaughter. She said, once the confusion after the accident left, I could sense this cat missed his mum, so I kept passing images of him, of his nice life at home. I was very firm with him in the end. I felt incredibly emotional when I knew he was moving back. So the cat, she gave the cat messages via telepathy to say that he needs to come back home and the cat at the first opportunity was bolting out the door got on the bus paid its fare and was home before tea time what a fabulous story we often have dogs and cats come through in spirit do you remember we was in the library in Wyndham in southwest minnesota and we were in the basement and we felt there was a dog running around Mm mm-hmm we could feel it brushing our legs. And we actually left dog treats out, didn't we, as trigger objects? Yep. Yes. So it is a common occurrence for animals to come through. But actually, I don't speak dog. When I do my psychic readings, often pets come through and the people that are there, my clients, will say, oh, that's Spot. I remember Spot. He died in 1973. You don't speak dog? And I don't speak dog. So that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why I'm in charge of scoring minus three for insulting our intelligence. Um, no, I don't speak dog. Surprisingly enough, dog isn't one of the languages I speak. It just You have to communicate, I'm guessing, with pictures, right? You can't use language. It just makes me think that if they're communicating with her through song, how does a dog or a cat have any concept of what a song is or can even remember the lyrics or how the song goes? I mean, is it a case of, you know... You hum it, I'll play it. I mean, what's going on there? And classical music as well would be ridiculous. How would it know that? Do dogs in spirit have ADD as well? Yes, they take that with them. Why is this going to be because a joke? It, no, no, I'm just thinking if they're trying to project a song to you and all of a sudden they're thinking of a squirrel. Oh, yes. Does it cut from that song and go into something else? Yes, and name me a song with a squirrel in it. Old MacDonald had a farm. <laughs> <laughs> and on that farm he had a squirrel with a... Here and a... What does a squirrel do? I think it squeaks. It squeaks. Depends how hard you kick it, obviously. <laughs> oh, but poor it's, little squirrel. Obviously, with, with this dog, tail. its bark was worse than its bite. <laughs> Good times. God. I know, right? We run. We Where's sprint. minus? We sprint. Okay, I'll give myself minus one and I'm on four. <laughs> I am... Um, <laughs> We, we run with dog in hand and tennis ball off to the park in the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? And you will got... get points if it's actually got cryptozoology or a UFO in it. What about a mermaid? Cryptozoology, you're on minus two. How about a real mermaid baby? You're not going to get any more points for milking that. Let's get, uh, okay. yeah, see where we are. Recently, an image started to circulate around the net showing what is clearly a baby with what appears to be appendages that form a mermaid-type tail with flippers. I've been in Petco, and you can get a mermaid outfit. A mermaid baby? For cats. <laughs> you can get a mermaid. around in the fish tank. <laughs> 
I'll have a mermaid baby, please, for Can Christmas. Can I get one with long hair? Do I need to buy the tank? It all comes with one. One go. You get the tank, you get the gravel. Mermaid baby. You get mermaid baby. What do you feed a mermaid baby? I don't Worms. know. Oh, God. That's what do you feed the fish part or do you feed the baby part? I don't know. Is it baby food or is it worms, ultimately? I and, don't know. And small crustaceans. This is all new. It's all new. Well, you just haven't done the research, have you? What do you feed a mermaid baby? Do you go with the more fishy questions. things? There are, indeed, more yeah, questions right. than answers. The story that is circulating with the image is that a mermaid-like baby was born at the Centresso Government Hospital in Kamazi. You're making these names up. Kamazi. I'm just going to go to the Kamazi. I had a Taco Bell for lunch. Can Where you, is Kamazi? I, in Kamazi. Where? Where's Kamazi? In Kamazi. Oh, you can keep saying it. It's not going to help me. <laughs> That's all I got for you. I'm sorry. By That's the end it. of this show, we need to know where Kamazi is. Greg. <laughs> K-U-M-A-S-I. There we go. You're getting Greg points here. I know. According to the article, the baby was born with clear deformities like no genitals and both legs fusing together to form a mermaid-like tail. If it's got no willy... It's got no nothing. Oh, it's got I've nothing. Seen nothing. It's nothing there. There's nothing there. Okay. It's like it was in like a fishy in like a fishy's body. Mm-hmm. What re- gave birth to this? A human or a fish? <laughs> <laughs> it was a human. It's it's a human. So what was baby. she doing at SeaWorld nine months ago in the dolphin enclosure? Oh, maybe it was the orca because they're not doing those anymore. No, they're not are they? No. Those shows mm-hmm. The report also went on to state that the medical staff reacted poorly after seeing the child. They, and I quote, took to their heels upon setting their eyes on what looked like a baby mermaid. It also stated that the hospital authorities have been tight-lipped about the incident altogether. Variations on the story can only lead me to speculate on whether or not the baby survived, because it kind of you, there is a looking. medical condition where your legs are fused together i mean that it's is fused all the way i mean yes, all the that's way that's right yes that is a medical condition where you're really? like yeah absolutely i've never seen heard that of it before i've yeah. never heard of it i mean i've heard of you know like you maybe your toes fusing together no i've, and your I've web seen foot. i've seen legs fused together before but interestingly enough <laughs> if you were in the olympics and you were swimming what's greg looking up now there's people laughing here what's he got up on there no i'm laughing because you said you've seen legs fused together <laughs> Yes, this is what comes with dating European women. To be fair, I've never seen it since I've been in Minnesota. (laughs) We've just lost three listeners. All right, Greg, it looks like you have something pulled up. It's it's a city in Ghana. It's a city in Ghana. Greg has gained himself another point. Well, there you go. Greg's racing into a lead and he's got no stories. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Scientists say alien invasion unlikely, as ETs are not as clever as we think. But they have to get here first, don't they? So they would they would have to be very clever to even make it here is where we mm-hmm. are. It turns out that aliens are not as clever as we think. Scientists have doused fears of an invasion of super-advanced ETs by claiming that aliens are intellectually challenged. A search was made for evidence of civilization so advanced that in comparison, humans would be barely considered intelligent apes. On the Kardashian scale, drawn up to rate a civilization's technological advancement, humans don't even achieve type 1 status, let alone type 2 or type 3. Hang on a second. (laughs) We've got digital watches. How can they say that? That's outrageous. Just saying. I'm wondering how they came up with this scale if we don't even make 
type two and type three, how do they determine what those types are if we're not smart that was, enough? That was on what scale? The Kardashian scale? Yeah, <laughs> the Kardashian scale. They just haven't made it to intelligent life. We've barely climbed out of the trees, have we? <laughs> Faced by a type three invasion, we would not stand a chance. Yeah. But luckily, no such godlike beings appear to exist, at least not in our corner of the universe, according to the new research. Scientists conducted a search for a Type 3 civilization footprint among several hundred nearby galaxies. By definition, Type 3 civilizations can access the energy of entire galaxies. It would be expected to produce a large amount of waste heat that should be detectable by astronomers, but the scientists discovered nothing. Professor Michael Garrett from the Netherlands Institute for Radio Astronomy said, In my view, it means we can all sleep safely in our beds tonight. An alien invasion doesn't seem at all likely. A few candidate galaxies remain whose emission profiles are harder to explain, but believes they too will eventually be crossed off the list. He now plans to use the same technique to look for less advanced Type II civilizations. This is remarkable when you consider that we've not even mapped tribes on our own planet there's things in our own planet we've not even charted the seas i think you know some ridiculous figure like only five percent of our oceans have been mapped and yet here we are staring up at the stars and thinking to ourselves well you know we're not about to be invaded how could you possibly know i mean what are the chances i do think it's incredibly rare i mean they're going to have to have the kind of intelligence that are going to get them here from billions and billions of light years away so, yeah, once they've made it that far, I don't think, well, why would we be of interest to them? We'd have, they'd, what would we possibly have at that point mm-hmm. when they've travelled those many miles using such advanced technology that there'd be nothing? Well, and there's on. an assumption of the type of energy that would be used giving off heat. Um, what if it's, uh, I think I want to be there, therefore I am? You're absolutely right. We're trying to um, do this test, apparently, by using the ideas and the technologies we already have when what what's going to arrive is something that we can't even comprehend and something we have no knowledge of at the moment so we're we're restricted in these tests by the knowledge that we have already it's very strange and very bizarre and i shall give you two nice round resplendent points which brings you up to six and pushes you into the lead i have a story that says bizarre ufo spotted above a branch of ikea caught on camera in this remarkable footage This scary but beautiful UFO has been spotted buzzing above a branch of Ikea and has left residents puzzled. The streaking fireball cutting through the sky has been witnessed by hundreds of people across several countries. This footage was taken from a car showing the odd floating light in the sky above the furniture store's warehouse in the city of Omsk in western Siberia. There's an Ikea in Siberia. I find that remarkable. The only reason there must be an Ikea there is the locals are buying furniture to burn to keep themselves warm. But it's also been seen on Tuesday evening in the cities of Tuerman and Tomsk, as well as the Kazakhstan capital of Astana. Local astronomers have ruled out a comet and played down suggestions it was a meteor. One theory is that it was test firing ordered by Vladimir Putin launching from the Kapustin Yar Cosmodrome in southern Russia. Astronomers at the Planetarium of the Siberian State University of Geosystems and Technologies said of the sightings, it is definitely not a comet. 
They suggested the object was the second stage of an intercontinental ballistic missile topol launched at 15.12 Moscow time from the Kapustinyar Cosmodrome, according to the Siberian Times. In Omsk, planetarium head Vladimir Krupto suggested it could have been instead an unreported launch from Plesetsk, a spaceport in northern Russia. Perhaps they're just doing some target practice as there is more than one kind of turkey on the chopping block after Thanksgiving. Do you see what I did there? A little bit of satire there. Who knew? <laughs> more questions than answers. He's now doing satire. Does that now mean that aliens are single and they're buying all their furniture in Ikea? Do you see where we're going? It's a singles people, isn't it? It's, how you, it's like your bachelor pad. Is this where we are? If you need a futon or some meatballs, that is the place to be. <laughs> we run into the round that is strange and the Bazaar. I'm your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania, for the annoying inability to say abominable snowman or any Russian words live on air. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories of the strange and the bizarre and much, much more can be found in glorious detail and technicolor for your perusal. So if you're interested in seeing the Russian UFO flying over IKEA doing their Saturday shopping, you can go to our Facebook site and all the videos that accompany those stories are there. You can also write to me and send me your stories at my Twitter account, which is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, you can find us on YouTube again once more on more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have telepathy and I'm communicating with a guinea pig just outside of Fairmont at the moment who's slightly lost. And my mother has now stopped snoring. So onwards we march into the round. That is the strange and the bizarre, the stories from around the world that are too fabulous not to read out live on air, but don't fit easily into any other category. I have a story that says woman sitting on a park bench spontaneously combusts and is now fighting for her life. A woman is fighting for her life after appearing to spontaneously combust as she relaxes on a park bench. By the way, Greg once had a plaque on his forehead to commemorate a park bench that once died. Eyewitnesses <laughs> saw a woman in her 40s engulfed in flames as they rushed towards her to help. One man used his jacket to beat out the fire, but then she was already severely burned. The incident took place in Flensburg, in the north of Germany on Monday evening, and the woman is believed to be from Mauritius. She was rushed to a local hospital and was later flown by air ambulance to a specialist burns unit in Lubeck, where she remains in a critical condition. Prosecutor Ulrich Leibelt, who is probing the bizarre blaze, said the victim has lived in Flensburg for a long time and has family there. Spontaneous human combustion... SHC is the term used when a human body goes up in flames without an apparent external source of ignition. A Taco Bell receipt would be my first port of call. Forensic investigations have attempted to analyse reported instances of SHC and have resulted in theories regarding potential causes. These include victim behaviour and habits, alcohol consumption and proximity to potential sources of ignition, as well as the behaviour of fires that consume melted fats. In the Flensburg case, Prosecutor Leibert said investigators had not yet ruled out whether the woman had actually set herself alight in a suicide attempt. You don't hear stories anymore, do you, really, of spontaneous 
human combustion. Haven't heard one like that for a long time. Now, there were a lot of stories back in the 70s. I remember reading them as a child, you know, and seeing them on the TV. There were a lot of uh, cases that I think may have been attributed to that, where people fell over and caught themselves alight. There were a lot more open fires and a lot more candles back in the day. People used to fall asleep with cigarettes. There's many more ways 30, 40, 50 years ago to set yourself alight by accident than there are now. Because let's face facts, we're not lighting that many candles. We're not using them to illuminate our homes anymore. We're using them for decorative purposes. And open fires have become a thing of the past, of course. And uh, smoking has been cut down. And people realise the dangers, of course, of smoking in bed. There was a very, very famous artist in Britain called Barbara Hepworth. She was one of Britain's most famous female sculptors. And she lived in Cornwall in St Ives. And she actually died by setting herself alight in bed. That's how she finally perished. She was an amazing sculptress. And you will recognise, if you look up Barbara Hepworth on the internet, you will recognise her artwork. You will recognise her sculptures. But she set herself alight. And you just don't see that anymore. I just get the impression that, you know, we've eliminated all the dangers, to be honest. It takes a lot now, doesn't it, to just think yourself, I'm going to explode in a ball of flames and it happens, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, everyone's agreeing with me, so I'm going to give myself points. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have something fun. What, you're meaning all the other stuff wasn't fun? Is that what your suggestion is? Yes. Okay, I see where you are. <laughs> you're dangerously close to minus two points is where we're looking. Oh, uh, I see how you are. You're just teetering on the edge. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like a strabismus, and I'll cross my eyes for you, madam. <laughs> Hipsters are covering their beards in glitter for Christmas, oh, and it's no. dividing opinion. Me and Greg said we did that after we went to the strip club, and I think we got away with it. Oh, we came home late that night from Zippers and we're like, Greg, we're in trouble here. We're covered from head to foot in glitter. And I said, you know, let's let's say we put glitter in our beard. It's the festive season. We'll get away with it. Oh, yeah, I see. I think, how Greg, I think we got away with it. We Great. Great. Gone are the days when grown men grew a beard to display their rugged looks and masculinity. By the way, fair play to Bridget the Midget. She did put on a show. That woman's a magician. <laughs> Big bushy beard goals. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, that sounds familiar. Have peaked, and now is a time when men are decorating their facial hair with glitter. Yes, glitter. I'm not mm, Would you ever sparkly. put glitter in your hair, Greg? No. Oh, come oh, now. Put your pants back on then. <laughs> its impractical beard beauty trend doesn't address the men leaving a trail of glitter behind them. Or how they address the issue of eating without getting a mouthful of glitter. Women, but if, it's what? Just, women, if you don't want me to stare at your chest, do not put glitter on it. What does that have to do with your beard? Well, I'm just I'm thinking of other things while you're talking. I'm, there's oh, what? <laughs> I'm just saying, as, as a law of thumb, as a rule of thumb. A, a rule of thumb. You can't even think anymore. Your mind is somewhere else. Bridget the midget. Uh, whatever. By rule of thumb, if you don't want me to stare at your chest... Don't put glitter on it. Carry on. All right. The Gay Beards is one of the Instagram accounts which launched the whole thing with 116,000 followers being treated to snaps. Gay of Beards. The two, yes, of the two mates from Portland, Oregon, bearing the festive fuzz. Ooh. The festive fashion was causing a stir. Causing on, a stall, yeah. Yeah, on social media with the hashtag glitter beard. Steve Phillips wrote on Twitter, I would rather rub dog dung in my beard than glitter. 
I don't know about that. Are we going to take a vote? <laughs> Chelsea M. added, is there a setting for a hide all the posts about glitter beards on Facebook? God, you'd be leaving a trail of glitter everywhere. I know. However, other users are going crazy for the glittery madness. Liz Connor expressed her joy for glittery bearded men on Twitter, posting hashtag glitter beard is probably my favorite thing ever. You can buy hair gel with glitter in it. I'm thinking no, I, when you see these glitter beards... Greg, do you have a Twitter account? No. He's seen Dang. it, though, because I posted it to my son, Alex. Did you? <laughs> yes, the hashtag Glitterbeard is fabulous. It is all glitter, all glitter. It's you just... don't even see any hair. Mm-hmm. It's glitter. What, what if it gets in your eye? Well, then what happens? You're sparkly, then. Your sparkly eyes. Got a twinkle in your eye. Yes. <laughs> your eyes, your teeth are like the stars, madam. They come out at night. Uh-huh. Kim. <laughs> What have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Police bust weekly Mahjong game played by elderly women. They bust a Mahjong. Yes. Mahjong? Mahjong. You say Mahjong, I say Mahjong. 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 Let's call the whole thing off. They, but they've got nothing better <laughs> they to do. They busted down the door. Yeah, put your hands mm-hmm. in the air. Where's your, where's your mother license? <laughs> Grannies. <laughs> This is the way we're going, is it? This is the police <laughs> state gambling. now, is it? I got yes. 10 years for playing dominoes. <laughs> Cribbage, oh no, it's a lifer. Backgammon. Backgammon. That's two life sentences. You're going to see Mr. Sparky. Because you're going you've been, downtown. Because you've seen the backgammon board. You're going to be having a date with Mr. Sparky. <laughs> okay, carry on. Okay, you ready? <laughs> yes. You ready? More soda, anybody? Police in... Florida. Yay! Yay! Florida. Busted a game in Florida at a condominium clubhouse. The group accused of the crime, four women between the ages of 87 and 95. That's the oh, worst that kind. must be a big takedown. <laughs> yes. Sting. If you don't want me to look at your chest, don't put glitter on your shoes. <laughs> That's terrible. What is wrong with you? I'm on a roll. I love this show. Have I mentioned this before? This Horrible. is the highlight of my week. <sighs> Heritage Florida reports that police came to shut down the friendly game played by Lee Delnick, Bernice Diamond, Helen Greenspan, and Zelda King. They're making their names up. They don't exist. King says word spread about their weekly gathering and that a troublemaker in the community called the police (laughs) citing a law that prohibits playing the game for money. Oh, gambling. (laughs) This is where we are. Police closed the clubhouse. The women were sent on a, a formal notice from condominium management stating that there would be no more, how do you pronounce it? Mayong, I'm guessing, okay. yeah. I pronounced it wrong. Bingo or poker played in the location <laughs> no until further notice. <laughs> Illegal bingo. Yep. Two fat ladies. Police reportedly stopped by several times later that week to make sure the games weren't being played. Oh, they while got, they're enforcing it. They've got nothing better to do because Florida obviously is a law of buying state where there's no crime whatsoever. Is this Tubbs, Tubbs and Crotchet? What? <laughs> Tubby what and that? Cro- Tubby and Crotchety. It's Miami Vice, isn't it? Old people, Tubby and Crotchety. I don't understand you. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> Rest assured, it's funny, okay? That's okay, all you need to know. This is ridiculous, King said. We haven't played in the clubhouse for weeks. We have to go to each other's homes to play, and not everyone lives in Escondido. It is an international game, and we are being crucified. 
After a bit of investigating, officials came to the conclusion that there is no ordinance prohibiting gambling or anything of that nature. So the police basically busted their game without yep. any basis in the law. Because yes. of a sour-faced Eunice. Some troublemaker. <laughs> yeah, because you don't get many. Eunice. You really, you know that yep. for a fact, do you? So I'm then guessing. it goes on You're to guessing. say that the women playing had a $4 limit. Oh. <laughs> big the money. Women, yeah. <laughs> wow. The, the women the also had homeowner rights and were over the age of 18, so and we're not enforcing any debts to be paid. It is unclear what ordinance the caller thought the group of ladies were violating. Darn you, Eunice. Someone's been left out, haven't they? That's right. Someone's they got been kicked out, out of the club. Or don't, they lost $4. Don't tell Ethel. We'll meet on a Tuesday, just between you and me. We don't want <laughs> Ethel to play. She smells of mothballs and vinegar. This yeah, is where we Tell are. her not to bring her friend Beatrice as well. Yes, we don't want that kind of trouble. Yeah. A final round is called Not For Your Mother. And congratulations, that means... You are tech savvy. That means you have found us on one of our archives, whether it be iTunes, Stretcher. Was it called Stitcher? Stitcher. I don't know what all these. Stretcher, yes. (laughs) You're going to end up on a If you're riding in an ambulance and you happen to have the radio on, you might catch us. I think the least of your worries, if you're riding in an ambulance, is listening to more questions than answers, is where we are. Do you know what the word... Laughter heals everything. It does, yes, unless your leg's (laughs) hanging off, in which case it's bloody painful. Did you realise the word ambulance comes from the word amble to walk? (laughs) For when they were walking stretches across no man's land in the first world. I'm sorry you know it all with your major in social history. My apologies. As you can tell, we're in the round. That's only because... I'm probably losing some that goes out. This isn't wow. You're getting a real flavor of things here now in the studio, listeners. This is how we are. You see, we're no longer live on air, you see. And I'm no longer keeping score, as you see. (laughs) So true colors, true colors. That lovely, polite young lady, Heather Morris, so evanescent, so youthful. Yes, has had a couple shots. Has had a couple of shots, and now she wants to fight. She's gone and got some tats. She's rolled up her sleeves and now she's in for a fire. Feisty. Feisty. (laughs) See where we are. There's a lot of paradigms being unhinged around the world as we speak. (laughs) I have a story that says Dad kicked out of Glamour Model event after ditching toddler at the entrance to ogle half-naked women. Can I just stop there and say ogle is a word that's very underused and I was very happy to use it. A dad was kicked out of a glamour model event after he allegedly ditched his toddler at the entrance to get a closer look. Stay there, son. Daddy won't be long. The parent was at the glamour zone of sci-fi convention MCM Comic-Con at Birmingham's NEC, which features page three models, webcam girls and adult film stars, when he is accused of abandoning the child. A photograph appearing to show a child waiting in a pushchair outside the strictly over-18s only area was viewed by more than 10,000 people after it was posted online on Sunday. Its caption read, Some guy ditched his child in front of the meet and greet at MCM, Birmingham. How thirsty must that child, must that baby have been seeing all that there? This is a zone specifically (laughs) for adult movie actresses and page three girls and webcam ladies. He didn't get to see him, so he wasn't thirsty. But imagine, that's like us seeing the full all-you-can-eat buffet at the casino. Do you see where I'm going with this? That baby must have thought his dreams had come true in terms of food preparation is where we are. (laughs) A user... (laughs) 
<laughs> the user who uploaded the picture claimed he saw the fan leave the youngster before walking into the area. But moments later, the dad, who was said to have been turfed out when the models realised what had happened, one of the models noticed the pushchair and called security, who were only seconds away, said Page 3 pin-up girl Holly Maguire. They immediately dealt with the situation, escorting the gentleman to the pushchair. <laughs> Many of us are mothers and no one wants to see a young child left alone for a short period of time. According to the event's official website, the Glamour Zone features your favourite models who have been involved over the years in the public eye in many ways, from glamour careers to television and movie appearances. Yes, their public eye was on full display and winking by all accounts. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I've got something winking and blinking as well. It's a willy story, isn't it? It's no willy it story. It is. No, you've disappointed so many thousands of people all over the world. I'll find two next week. By the way, there are a number of people that have written to me and said they like the way you say the word penis. Penis. Don't. You'll get people all foamed up. You shouldn't be saying that. <laughs> you can't just randomly shout that out and not expect some sort of reaction. Oh, I see how we go. Yeah. <laughs> The doctors remove a stolen 180,000-pound diamond. That's about $250,000. From a female thief's bottom after it showed up on an x-ray. A thief swallowed a 180,000-pound diamond. Swallowed? I thought he said it was up her bottom. Well, that's where it ends up. It It has to go somewhere. I thought she just popped it up for a minute. She didn't stuff it up there like some sort of a little torpedo. Well, I did wonder. That's where I thought we were going. I thought there's other places you can stuff that, sweetheart. And how much did you say it weighed? No, it's pound, like in money. Okay. Like sterling. Christ, that was the size of a shire horse. <laughs> I'm like, woman. what are you saying? Well, <laughs> That's impossible. If you swallow a shire horse, it hurts twice. <laughs> that's had, impossible. She had stolen. But that's an American saying that. <laughs> <laughs> she had stole that from a jewel fair. Um, and was caught out by an X-gray scan. An X-gray scan. X-gray. Is that similar yeah, to X-ray? Yeah, it's X-gray. Oh, it was after. Gray. Yes, yeah, X-gray. Like 50 Sage of Grey. Ying Yulin. Yeah, you're making it up. Yeah, I know I am. Uh, 39 confessed to the Thai police immediately after her crime was exposed by the scan, which showed the jewel lodged in her large intestine. Cops took her to the hospital to get the six-carat diamond out. Well, they must have bloody long fingers there because it's got to go eye, through the colon, yeah? In an eye-watering surgery oh, using surgery. a pliers. Using pliers? Oh. Yeah. I bet that's the last ring wow. she swallowed. So. <laughs> Did it come out with a joke attached to it? It's a fortune cookie. It's like a Cracker Jack. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know what that is, do you? No. The operation was <laughs> necessary because a dose of laxatives failed to dislodge the gem. There yeah, we it go. didn't go anywhere. Diamonds uh, are Ying forever. And her, and her accomplice, Hai Ying, 34, switched You're making a these fake up. diamond for the real thing when they inspected it at the Bangkok Gems <laughs> and Jewelry Fair. What? Confucius say. Bangkok. Man who walks through airport security sideways going to Bangkok. <laughs> Terrible. A vendor went to the police who used CCTV footage to track the pair down, reports the Bangkok Post. Uh, they claimed they were tourists and were about to return home, but police asked them to have an x-ray 
and the scam was exposed. Uh, Ying was taken to the hospital because she refused to eat and would only drink water. The diamond's owner identified the stone after it was removed <laughs> and uh, presumably washed. Brown eyed girl. So la, 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 la. We've got the one who did her part, by her, uh, her, I assume, mm-hmm. um, swallowed it. Mm-hmm. So, what was the other person's part in the role? Were they catch. supposed to? Yeah, they it had was to a find catcher. it afterwards. That oh. was, it was their a job. Catcher. It was a sifter. Leave the colander. Stop moving the colander. It's got on my hands. Stop it's moving the colander. Yeah, use rubber gloves. That's not good news. Oh, chocolate diamonds. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother? <clears throat> You're going to make me say this twice. I know you are. Go on then. Man named Color Og Arts and Crafts Bunderson faces criminal charges. His name is Mr. Color Og Arts and Crafts Bunderson. Okay. That's his name. Say that again. Uh, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I don't have the attention span to do that. I was just thinking, if you're at the altar and you're getting baptized, right, and you've got the font, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Color Go Arts and Crafts, whatever his name is, why would you then do that? I mean, obviously he's changed his name, I'm guessing. Is this some mm-hmm. sort of advertising? Yes, he has. I see. A 20-year-old Perry man is being held in the Box Elder County Jail after police say he beat his 95-year-old father, breaking his leg. No. Do the math. I'm sorry, what? Well, he's 21. Oh. His dad's 95. Wow. Okay. However, we'll get into that, too. There's more. Uh, the defense has asked for psychiatric evaluations of the defendant. And not just because court records show he changed his name in April of this year to Color Og Arts and Crafts Bunderson. A review hearing on the mental test is set for December 14th before First District Judge Brandon Maynard. Bunderson's given name was Christian Nicholas Bunderson, according to court records. He remains in jail in lieu of a $20,000 bail on second-degree felony charges. In the October 13 incident of alleged aggravated assault and elder abuse. Bunderson's public defender, Bernie Allen, earlier this month requested the psychological review of his client's ability to understand the criminal proceedings and assist in his own defense with no objection from Deputy Box Elder County Attorney Brian Duncan. Allen declined comment, but Duncan said just the odd name change wouldn't likely justify a psychological review, but would raise the question. (laughs) There's the obvious concern of what he understands, plus doing what he did. The allegations indicate he may have some issues. <laughs> really? <laughs> it is possible to father children in older age. I mean, David Jason, who's a very famous comedy actor in Britain, had a child fairly recently, and I believe him to be in his 80s. I think Anthony Quinn may have had a child in his 80s as well, or late 70s, if my memory serves me right. So it is possible. It's not beyond the realms of possibilities, what I'm saying. I would agree. Uh, he said Munderson is the adopted son of the alleged victim, and the two had been living together. Duncan did not know the reason behind Bunderson's name change. Well, my granddad still had sex at 72. How do you know? Well, he lived at 76, and it was only two doors away. Well, all good things come to an end. I love this show. Have I mentioned that? I just thought <laughs> I'd bring that up. I love this show. Come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place... With the K2 meter and the dead battery, it is Heather who scored a resplendent minus two. In third place, Greg is on three for fabulously answering questions about Thanksgiving and doing research on Ghana. But in first place with the $33,000 IR camera, there is a tie. 
Kim and myself both have six points, and I will give the win to Kim if she can tell me what cranberries were originally called. Cranberries. Hey, we have Yay. a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, supernatural, intriguing, bizarre, and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You can also follow me on my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And we are going to carry on past the top of the hour in a round called Not For Your Mother. But you can only access that if you go to our archives, if you go to soundcloud.com and do a search for MQTA Radio. We have three years worth of archives and we have a round called Not For Your Mother. Those of a delicate disposition, those that are easily offended are the stories of the week that we can't read out live on air for fear of being fined or being removed. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Tom Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society Int Paranormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. Please tell all your friends and family if you like the show. I do enjoy listening to your comments and uh, do promote the show for me. I'd much appreciate that, especially on Facebook and on Twitter. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting. Good night. Mm-hmm.